0: and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I welcome you to worship with us at East Cobb United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Kristen Hyden, the senior pastor, and I'm delighted that you are joining us. Today, we're continuing on our August sermon series entitled A Pledge and a Promise. And each week we are breaking down one of the aspects of the membership vows of the United Methodist Church. Now we recognize that not everyone who is participating in worship with us is a member of the church and that's okay because these membership vows are really a way to remind us of how we are called to be the church, how we are called to embody our role committed to Christ through the work of a local congregation. Now, in the United Methodist Church, when you decide to become a member, you're invited to stand before the congregation and to answer this question. Will you participate in the ministries of the church through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And then you respond, I will. And what I love about these vows is that they are not just a pledge and a promise to a specific church. They are lived out through a local church, but they are a pledge and a promise given to Christ and how we will live out our commitment to him, our commitment to the kingdom of God. And we live that out through our participation by praying for the church, for the world, and for one another. We will participate through our presence, and last week we talked about that not meaning simply our bodily present, being physically present, but through the presence that we offer. What is our emotional and spiritual presence that we give? Can we embody the presence of Christ in everything that we do and in everything that we say? Today we are turning to the third element of this pledge and this promise: participation in our gifts. I'm grateful to two church members Lee and Steve Busey, who in just a few moments are gonna give us a little bit of their experience in the participation in the ministries of the church through the giving of gifts. But before we hear what they have to say, I want us to hear the words of Scripture. We're using the story of the feeding of the 5,000 as our guiding scripture for this series. In this story, it gives us an example of each of these elements of our pledge and our promise. And because we're using the same scripture story each week, I'm reading it in a different version, a different translation each week. And today I'm choosing uh, a children's Bible. This is the Spark Story Bible. It's one of the favorites here at our house. And so today I read you the story, Jesus Feeds 5,000. It was a beautiful sunny day as Jesus and his disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee in a boat with white sails. Jesus had been healing sick people, and many more people of all ages came to see him again that day. Maybe they could hear more of Jesus' stories or see him show God's power through another miracle. When Jesus saw the large crowd of men, women, and children, he asked his friend Philip, how are we going to get enough food to feed all of these people? Philip answered, I could work for six months and not earn enough money to buy food for all of these men, women, and children. The disciples didn't know what to do. Just then, Andrew pointed to a young child and said, here is a boy who has five small loaves of bread and two fish. It is something, but it certainly isn't enough food for all of these people. The boy looked very nervous as he said in a small voice, Jesus, please take my food if you think it will help. Jesus took the five loaves of bread and the two fish that the boy offered and asked his friends to have the crowd sit down. About 5,000 people sat in the grassy meadow by the lake that day. After Jesus gave thanks to God, he blessed the five loaves of bread and the two fish. Then he shared the food with all of the people who were there that day. All 5,000 people ate until they were full. Then Jesus said, now let's gather up all of the leftovers. And you know what? There were enough leftover pieces of bread to fill 12 large baskets, more loaves and fishes left over than the boy had given Jesus. The disciples shook their heads in disbelief as they struggled to pick up the baskets heavy with food. The people saw the full baskets of leftovers and began to understand that something extraordinary had just happened. Another miracle Jesus smiled as he heard people say, God must have sent Jesus to us. It was a day the boy, the disciples, and all of the people would never forget. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, as I've said before, and as you may know, you can read the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in a few different versions. But the story as it's told from John is my favorite because it is the one that features this young boy who offers up the five loaves of bread and the two fish. And I'm struck. I love how it says it in this children's Bible here. Take it if you think it can help. As we consider what it means to participate in the ministries of the church with our gifts. I think about this young boy who took what he had to give and offered it up, unsure of what would come of it, but trusting the one to whom he was giving it. He didn't think it was very much. The disciples didn't think it was very much. There was no way they could ever provide enough. There was no way they could ever give enough. And yet, when Jesus receives it, there is so much more than enough. That's what happens with us, isn't it? We give what we can, not just monetarily, but with who we are, with the skills, the gifts we can provide. We give those over, unsure if it will even make a difference. But we trust in the one to whom we are giving it, that Jesus through the church can take those gifts and perform incredible miracles. I don't just take my word for it. Here now, the story of Steve and Lee Busey and the way their gifts multiplied in the hands of Christ. Well, hello everyone, Reverend Kristen Hyden here, and I'm so delighted to have two of our longtime church members, Steve and Lee Busey, with us. They've been members of East Cobb United Methodist Church for 25 years now, and um, I have asked them to come and talk to us today about one of the aspects of the United Methodist membership vows. During this sermon series, we're talking about uh, upholding and participating in the ministries of the church through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And this week we are talking about what it means to participate in the ministries of the church and uphold our membership in the church, our pledge and our promise that we make through our gifts. And so thank you, Steve and Lee, for being willing to uh, share a little bit with us today. Well, the first question I want to ask you is this, what does it mean for you to say that you promise and pledge to uphold the church with your gifts?
1: means just that. I mean, we're part of the church. We're part of this body of Christ, and, and we have to be able to support it in every way we can, including financially and including time-wise, and uh, it kind of kind of gets to the heart of it.
2: And service, but that's for next week, right? Right.
0: <laughs> They're all intertwined, right? I mean, that's the beautiful right? thing about this. They're, they can't be seen independently. They all work together.
2: Right, and we, we started... You know, giving when we first came, but it was minimal. Um, we, we gave what I knew my parents gave every week. And, and then um, the following summer in June of 96, Pastor Jack Gillespie challenged the congregation so we could make it through the summer um, to tithe for just three months. Mm. Just try it for three months and see if it hurt. And he says, before taxes, after taxes, okay. After the house payment, but before the boat, before restaurants, before all that, just try it. And I got to tell you, it, it was nerve wracking. My hand mm-hmm. shook writing that first check. Oh, I'm sure. Probably the second and third one, but at <laughs> the end of three months, you know, we had changed some of our priorities, and and um, we just felt we were being blessed mm-hmm. by being faithful.
1: And in that sermon, which you know, rarely does a sermon stick with you for years and years and years. But that hey, one was Don't Jack tell King. preachers
0: that. Don't tell preachers that. <laughs>
1: sorry, sorry to let you down there. Right? <laughs> but one of the things in, that uh, Jack had said in there was he quoted the Malachi 3, verse 10. that said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. And if you go through the Old Testament, all everywhere in there, God says, stop testing me. All you Israelites, I've got you out of Egypt, I've got you out of bondage, i got you out of slavery. Just don't test me any further, but yet they tested me. But here in Malachi, he says, test me in this, in the giving and I see that if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Mm-hmm. And we tried that and in those first three months, I saw a promotion, I saw a pay raise.
2: I got a heck of a bonus. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not supposed to be that if you give financially, you are blessed financially.
0: Right. Right. It's, yeah, not a one for the other. Yep. We had these kids with
2: learning disabilities and these extraneous expenses and I mean, it, 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 was, it was wild. And then years later, when we had to pull Kenny from public school and put him in a private school, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, that's going to be really expensive. Can we still afford to tithe? can we not? Hmm. Can we not? We have to be faithful and trust that God led us to this. Right. And he will help us find a way to see us through it.
0: Hmm. Well, you touched a little bit about this, but kind of as you made that transition, right, the changes that happened, um, what about kind of more in your spiritual life? How did that impact your spiritual journey? (laughs)
2: Jack was a big start of our spiritual journey. Yeah. You know, we grew up in church and then we're away from it from years and, for years and years until we came to East Cowell. And we came for our children. Mm-hmm. We didn't come for us. Yeah. Surprise! <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, we learned just how giving God wanted to be. And how if we were faithful, it... Um, it allowed us to open our hands to what he had for us. Hmm. All right, don't get.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No blurry eyes. Because when your hands are not open, you can't receive anything.
0: Right. Yeah. Not giving, but not receiving either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we talk a lot about gifts as being you know, financial gifts, um, but there's so much more than that. Um, and I have seen how you all have given um, out of your leadership gifts. You know, you've know, you both served on a number of different committees um, within the church, and then your um, great active role in the Walk to Emmaus community. Um, so how do you experience that in giving your gifts outside of just monetary gifts? I'm
1: just, it's, again, we're, we're part of the body, and we have to be able to to give if we want to receive. And, and we do; the more we give, the better. The more we receive, but it's it's not about us getting. Uh, we we get a it's corny to say we get a good feeling for That's serving it. others, but uh,
2: you get blessed when you serve others. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It um, it it comes back to you hmm. when you don't anticipate it and you don't do it for that reason. Um, it comes back around. And and we started doing it again right away when we joined the church. The kids were little and there were all these programs on Wednesday nights after dinner for the kids. And so we went and cleaned up the kitchen, packed up food and did the dishes and, you know, just stepped in where we could. Um, Somebody had learned that Steve had computer skills. So he got roped into some computer skills and helped the uh, treasurer one night. And She drug him to a finance meeting and he comes home and says, honey, they need you. <laughs> so I got wound up on finance and then SPRC, you know, it's just, it's crazy yeah. how it all works and when you allow it to have happen, when you're open to it. Right around
1: 1999, I think it was our first Disciple One course. And part mm-hmm. of that oh, at yeah. the end is we, we explore our spiritual gifts and where she had an administrative skill, I had more of a helper skill. And so I've, I've just manifested that in, in as many ways as I could. So yeah, I mean, just uh, encourage everybody to find their passion, find their spiritual gifts, and then find a place. If they have to ask somebody where they could plug in, just get involved. And it doesn't, I shouldn't tell say this in front of the pastor, but don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be at our church. You're right. <laughs> a car care ministry for another church yeah. in Cobb County, yeah. and uh, it's just you know, something we don't have to offer, but something where right. I can offer a hand, and I'm happy to do it. And, and as and you know, it. we're
2: both very active on the Walk to Emmaus, whose purpose is to grow servants for the local church. Exactly. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of the things that we're you know talking about in this sermon series about yes, we make this pledge and this promise to do these things through our local church, but we're not promising to the local church, right? Our ultimate promise is to Christ, and that all that we do through our church is for the greater kingdom. And so, yeah, if there's something that our church doesn't have, that doesn't preclude you from participating in it, right? That just
1: I like the sign on the church exit that said, you are now entering the mission field. Exactly. It's not about gathering and going through motions on a Sunday morning. It's about going out and, and living your faith
0: right exactly and allowing those gifts that god has blessed you with to um to be experienced and, and shared yeah. well is there anything else that you want to be able to share with with the folks at east Cobb about what membership means to you or what um in particular the the gifts aspect of it means to you i don't
2: know um i mean i it's it's just been a great 25 years. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Not going anywhere. <laughs> um Can't wait till we're all back together. I miss my church family. I know, me too. And serving with them side by side, doing things, and
0: looking forward to it again soon. Well, good. Wonderful. Well, Stephen Lee, thank you so much. We appreciate it.
2: You're welcome.
1: It's our pleasure.
0: All right. Thank you. Well, I must say, I'm incredibly grateful to Reverend Jack Gillespie for that sermon that he preached so many years ago that made a profound impact on the Busey family. I love that visual that Stephen Lee gave, that they were holding on tight. They didn't maybe even know that they were holding on tight, but when that challenge was given, they realized how tight their fist was and began to loosen the grip on what they had in order to give. And then they realized that when their hands were open to give, they were also open to receive. Now we know, we know that this is not a one-for-one like we talked about in the interview, right? We don't give so that we can receive. We don't give with the expectation that God will bless us with monetary abundance. But we give knowing that what we give can make a difference in and for the kingdom of God. And as members, as citizens of the kingdom of God, we then are recipients of all the gifts of God's people, and of all the gifts of God. What we hold so tightly in our hands can make a profound impact in our community and in our world when we loosen our grip and give it to the hands of Christ. Just like he took that small, seemingly small gift of bread and fish that day, and it was multiplied to abundance. So do our gifts, no matter how seemingly small or insignificant, multiply to abundance when blessed by the hands of Christ. And so I echo Steve's challenge to all of us to consider your gifts. What is it that you can give? Your money, your talent, your skill, and put it to good use. How can you get involved? Where do your passions lie? Find that place. And then jump in with two feet. We have a number of opportunities in our church to do that, whether it's with children or youth, whether it's teaching or mentoring, whether it's administrative tasks, whether it's in serving, whether it's in missions, Evaluate where your passions lie and find a place to put them to good use. And if you look around and you don't see a place, let me know. We'll find a place for you, whether in our church or across our connection, because again, our commitment is not just to the local church, but to Christ, whose body extends beyond the walls. How are you being called to participate in the ministries of the church through the giving of your gifts, your offerings, and truly your very lives? For when we give to God, God receives, God blesses, and God multiplies to abundance.